we are finally in season three where we get to interview people from our church. And so today we have the one, the only Jubal Tate. What up? <laughs> I can't believe we haven't had you on the podcast yet. Well, you know, life happens, man. Yeah, you've been too busy. Too or is busy. It me or? No, no, it's definitely life being too busy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's got what a new it is. job and yeah. all the things. So uh, I'm so excited. So we're in season three, which means mainly we're going to talk about simplicity. Uh, but I think we're getting to that point where we can talk about just how any of the practices are working or not working, your experiences or lack of experience, all those things. We yeah. want to use this to um, get people from our church to get to know other people in our church. Right. So that's even that. So we're going to start with that. I want you to share your story a little bit. Okay. Um, but then also just like to be encouraged. Like we want this to be real. Right. Right. And I even know like on Tuesday night in group, you were like pretty honest about where you're at and, and I don't want to give it away, but yeah. you're like, Hey, here's this thing, but now I'm doing that. And I was like, that's perfect. Like that's super relatable. Right. Um, you know, and like when I look at my story, I was, I was trying to remember, uh, you know, t- I, 2018, like my life got rocked the very end of 2018 with this language of Sabbath and simplicity and all these things. And I started putting it into practice and I went hardcore right. for like a year. I was like fasting three times a week. I mean, it changed my life. I lost like 20 pounds from fasting, even though I wasn't trying to lose weight. Like right. it was then COVID hit, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> but, um, but then there was a time where I was like falling out of it and mm. not as disciplined. And I'm remembering that that was just such a natural part for my life. And I like how our church is doing this long enough where we can be honest and go, hey, some of you might be, you know, I was all in at first, but now I'm getting a little exhausted. What does this mean? You know, so it's it's such a great way to recalibrate. And we just want people to know that's normal. Right. right? Like this is a part of the Christian life. So, yeah, uh, it's not about marking off tallies for God. It's about marking out time time with God. I got you, bro. (laughs) Come on. All right. So um, I remember when I met you, you had a really nice truck. I did. Um, I guess we should just disclose this. We married sisters. Yes. Is that the not weird way to say it? I don't know. So we married the Smith sisters. The Smith sisters. Okay. So they're the same family, but we married different ones. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. I don't know why we... Yeah. So there was a time where... uh, neither of us were married to this keeps getting weird. Yeah. Let's just, okay. But we, I, okay. Here it is. You were dating Jessica. I was dating Jordan. Yes. And we were, I remember though, praying for you, uh, because I shared the gospel with, to you. Yeah. We're like going, the, we're going to play, we're going to play up in the snow. Yes. Yeah. Between Brian Regan. Yeah. Comedy hour. I'd be like, Hey, so what is your belief about this and that and that and this? So it's so fun to think about, uh, I, I would have never thought, where you're at today. You know what I'm saying? Like how cool, um, just the way the Lord has saved you and stuff. But yeah. Who is Jubal Tate? What's some of your story, your spiritual walk? Oh man. Who is Jubal Tate? Well, so I was obviously, I was raised LDS. I was raised Mormon. Right. Um, my family brought it, it brought us to Queen Creek. Um, my dad took a job doing the, uh, welfare farm. Mm -hmm. That's how, that's what brought us here. Right. Because he's a farmer by trade. And so he ran my grandpa's farm and uh, he took a job out here, or I guess they call it a calling, right? He took his calling to come out here and run oh, the okay. welfare farm. And so that's what brought us to Queen Creek. And uh, we we were running that farm till from, I think I moved out to Queen Creek in like 94, 95. So You're an around. OG. I'm an OG, dude. The only thing that was there was <laughs> Circle K, the liquor store laundromat, gyms, and the carniceria and Rudy's. That was it. And then Lil yeah. Pizzazz down the road. If you remember Lil Pizzazz, you Lil have to Pizzazz. love this video. I'm dead serious. Lil Pizzazz was the best pizza. I, feel I think bad for I him. went to school. You did. 
with Kara, right? Yeah, her yeah. parents. Her parents. Owned it. Yeah. That's crazy. And then they had to move up into Mesa and then yeah, whatever. But that was <laughs> seriously the best pizza ever. And that's right by the junior high where it's we meet. Right by the junior high. Yeah, the the bus barn. If you see the yes. bus barns over there, that's where Lopezaz was. I remember that. I I'm a, I'm I think I we moved here in ninety seven, so yeah. you beat us. You're still an OG though. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, there wasn't 90s. anything. Yeah, nineties is OG for sure. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so <laughs> So, yeah, I grew up on a farm, farm boy. Um, we ran the welfare farm until about 99 or 2000. And uh, the the church was like, hey, this guy over here who is a bigger family in their in their eyes, right, that is losing his farm. So we're going to give him this farm, the welfare farm to run. And they told my dad, they're like, hey, you're gonna either going to go to Missouri, Texas, or Africa. Wow. And you can only take your family with you to Missouri. And so he's like, no, you guys told me when I took this that I was only going to be here. And so after that, we stopped going to church for a while. And, you know, when you when you don't have God in your life, your life takes weird directions, right? Like I was a punk kid. I would, I got arrested. I drank and partied all the time, you know, all through high school and everything. Like even after high school, it's funny, Jessica and I, we'd run into people at like stores and they're like, oh, you're Jubal, you're that big stoner. And I was like, no, I never <laughs> did any of that. Like I partied, but like, but like, you know, reflecting back on that, it, I wasn't a good kid, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just seeing all that kind of stuff and the way that that all went down was, was just because like I, I had an absence of parents. My parents didn't care anything about what I did, you know, pretty much once I was 16, I was on my own. I had my own job. I paid my own bills. Um, they didn't really do anything to support me. And, uh, and then, uh, I just was on my own, did my own thing and grew up real quick. Um, yeah. but didn't have a presence of God anywhere, you know, and it, it reflected. Mm. Um, and then met Jessica, like right after I graduated, um, I met her at a football game and she tried to steal my sweatshirt even though I didn't know who she was. She was cold. That's hilarious. We have very similar stories. Oh my gosh, dude. So like, it's always at the football field. <laughs> so obviously I had friends that went to Queen Creek. We're at the Queen Creek Higley game. Cause you always go to the Queen Creek Higley game. That's right. Beat Higley. Beat <clears throat> Higley. And, uh, and, uh, she was there and she was cold and I was hot cause I've run hot, but like, I love wearing sweatshirts. I just think they look cool, <laughs> you know? So I was like, Hey, are you cold? And she's like, yeah. And so I gave her my jacket and she's like, Oh my gosh, I love you. I didn't know who she was. I was just being mm. nice. And so I, I met her in October. That was during October. So we didn't start dating. Like we didn't really start talking and dating until like January. Right. Um, and then that's, we've been together since like February of 2008. So I met Jordan the next October yeah. in 08. Actually our, uh, my dad and her dad met at a football field while yeah. I was playing. And then I did go, we all went to a game together, uh, like the five, a state, you know, yeah. My dad and, and, and Mike went together, and so we all went together, and then Jordan was like, I'm cold, can I have your jacket? And so it was awkward, though, because, you know, I'm not like that, like, especially right. in front of my dad, and so I gave it to her, and then she wanted to keep it. Mm -hmm. Do you know this story? No, I did not know this. Oh, yeah, and so we were like, all right, bye, and I was like, um, the jacket. I did the same thing. <laughs> Jessica fully intended on stealing my yes! sweatshirt, and, like, I was getting ready to leave, and I go and find her, and she told me this, like, after, like, a year of us being together, she's like, hey, I was going to steal your jacket. I was trying to hide from you because yes. I was going to take your jacket, and it's I'm like. It's a Smith thing. It is, dude. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, she was shocked. It's like, this is my jacket. I don't know who you are. <laughs> dude. And then that's when she told me. She's like, just so you know, all your jackets are my jackets, and I'm like, whatever. I don't care. We're together. 
That's awesome. Okay, so uh, and then you started coming to church. Yeah, so so then we started dating, and what brought us to church is um, obviously because you and Jordan, right? You guys getting together and and start dating, and you you brought Jordan to Christ. Yeah, and so her getting baptized back when it was the Southern Baptist, no, no, Santan, Santan Heights. Heights Church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we she wanted Jessica there, and Jessica's like, "Hey, my sister's getting baptized. Like, I want to be there for her." Like, I'm like, "Cool." Like, I I wasn't opposed to religion. I yeah. wasn't opposed to to any of that, right? Which, by the way, is still a lot of people, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not against it. Just right. whatever. Right. And so we went and, you know, it was one of those things, right? Like when you're not really a full-on believer, like you, you you probably think like, yeah, there's a God. God's there, right? But when you're not a full-on believer and you go to church, to a, to a church you've never been to before, right? Like yeah. especially like a Christian church, you, you get a message and it speaks to you, right? You're like, they're like looking around like, how did you know that? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And it, and so it spoke. It, I don't even remember. I, I'll be honest. I have a terrible memory. I don't remember what the message was. But Most like, don't. Yeah. But like, it was something that just grabbed me. Right. And I, I told Jessica after we left, I'm like, hey, you want to go back next week? Nice. And so we went back and we were probably, we probably started going consistently for about, because I think she got baptized in like October or November. Right. Because we got baptized. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I think we I got think baptized in January. So, yeah, yeah, so it like wasn't two months, long. two months later, right? Like going through and like learning and everything, we got baptized and that's when I came to know Christ and mm-hmm. I got to have that relationship. And, you know, I did the same thing I always do. I get fully involved in things and just start going. And it was a weird time for us because we had a whole bunch of friends that still wanted to go out and party and whatnot, but we're like, Hey, we're on this new path yeah. and we wanted to change our lives. And it, it was interesting. Um, we navigated through, we had our ups and downs just like everybody does when you're going through that, that season of life, not, totally. mar- not marriage ups and downs. Yeah. You know, we have a pretty, well, I've had those too, pretty solid marriage, but nice. yeah, but like, it was just one of those things that you're going through and navigating as a, as someone in their twenties and it's tough. It's tough when you're in your twenties and you didn't have that growing up and you didn't have that foundation Yeah, and now you're trying to figure that out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so we came to know Christ. Um, she already knew him. She already had a relationship, but like it was like reaffirming for her. And we it was something we did together. But it was cool to to do that with her and like for us to just grow together, right? Yeah. And and be married and and have that relationship together and have that be our foundation in our marriage has been really great. Like I think that's practically what keeps us together, right? Because we a lot of people not a lot of people, but like people, when they go through relationships, they always do that whole like, oh, we're breaking up, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. we've never done that. Right. Like, I think that's such a huge thing. Like if you, if you're together. It's a breach of trust, right? It, yeah. And like you, you work through it and we did a lot yeah. of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't imagine life without her and like, she's my best friend. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, I don't know how we got here. I don't, I don't whatever. But like. You know, I think that's such a big thing, like having that person as your best friend. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, and I think it shows. Um, yeah, you guys were a really good example for us as we were kind of figuring out what dating looked like uh, as we were always a year behind, although I feel like the family always acted like we were a decade behind you guys. Oh <laughs> they're like, they're the true OGs. They've been here for a long time. I'm like, I've been around for 10 years. You yeah, know? I just well, <laughs> and I think I think a lot of times they forgot that we, only, we didn't have my family to go to, right, because of yeah. everything, all the drama that happened with my family. Yeah. And that right that that situation is what really solidified my my relationship with Christ. Mm. If I'm being honest because like going through that with my family like that terrible situation, right? Like um 
oh, how can I, I, I want to put this yeah, in words. Yeah, be as brief, but also. Yeah, I'm trying to f- figure out, like, it was just, it, it was a domestic violence situation, mm-hmm. and getting out of it, like, at first I was hurt, right, because it's your family. Yeah. But, but, like, after, like, after I was done being hurt, I wasn't talking with God, and then I started talking with God, and I realized, you know, they, their presence was, was terrible. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have, there was no love, right? It was all what are you going to do for me? What are you going to give me? Um, There's a lot of just hate and anger that surrounded us. And once we got out of it and once I finally started talking with God again and being like, yo, what, what do I need to learn from this? Like I learned that everything happens for a reason because after that happened, our lives changed so much. Like I got a new job. We got the house that we're currently in. We had Kinsley, like all these blessings happened. Because we got out of a bad situation. We were so surrounded by so much hate, frustration, anger that it felt like we were trapped. And then we we were released from that trap. And, you know, I think God sometimes bad things have to happen sometimes for you to realize. And it's not because of anything other than he wants you to learn from it and come to know him and come back to him. And sometimes he's protecting you in those bad situations. I think that's how I felt at least through that, through that scenario. Yeah. You know, like misery loves company. And so whenever you start to get healthy and change, the people who are closest to you are not, they just want to drag you down. Oh dude. Yeah. Um, And they're jealous of it. They maybe won't say that out loud, but that's the, that's the emotion they're experiencing. Like my, my sister straight up told me she, cause we got baptized into the Christian faith. And she straight up told me, she's like, you broke the seal because we got sealed as a family in the Mormon temple. Right. I don't know what that means. And I'm like, so you're (laughs) telling me like, and I told her this, I'm like, so you're telling me, me getting baptized just to get a better relationship with Jesus broke the seal. But our brother who's gay, didn't it? Like, man, you're going real in this podcast. You know, you you know what? I'm I'm an honest person. I, I always share it. You know, I don't, I don't have anything to hide. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You can edit it, right? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we can if you'd like to. No, no, end. no. I'm good. I'm good. Um, but yeah, let's go back to that. Um, a, a couple of things I was thinking through with your story. Yeah. Is uh, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, 100%. So the way I like to think about it is I think there's things that happen that grieves the heart of God, right? Because there's sin done to us, sin right. done by us, sin done around us. And there is this element it's the age-old debate, how sovereign is God in every situation. Right. Um, and I actually find some comfort knowing that there's been things that have happened in my life that God didn't ordain, that God didn't want to happen. Right. But there's evil. There's, you know. But Romans 8.28, he works all things together yeah. for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. No matter how many times we pivot, we mess it up, or people mess it up for us, God still makes a masterpiece out of it. hundred percent. You know, like, yeah. yeah, that's, that's fine. That's broken. I preferred you to get that, but that's all right. I got an even better opportunity for you now. Right. You know? So it's not like it's that balance where if something's bad happening, probably it wasn't from the hand of God. Right. But God is going to make something out of it. Yeah. And he definitely did with yeah. that situation. Cause like I said, like that whole next year after, after all that happened with my family, I didn't talk to any of them. I just, it was easier for me to isolate and get away from them because yeah. like my sisters, my siblings, they had kids that are around the same age. So I was like, you know what? It's easier for me to just take myself out. Mm. I'm the adopted one anyway. So pff, I'm out. Yeah. Right. And, and so I feel like sometimes though, that mindset hinders me if I'm being honest, mm. because like, I think a lot of times, and I think it's cause I'm an Enneagram 
six that I'm just like, hey, you broke my loyalty. Like, I'm out. Mm. Um, I don't hold that a lot, but I do know in certain situations that, like, that has affected some things. So that's the other thing I wanted to to, to broach on, and I think it might begin to segue into practices. Okay. Um, you having uh, a couple things against you. Yeah. Growing up in LDS, yeah. So it's a little there. It's works based, right? So yeah. you kind of have that foundationally just in the back of your brain. Yeah. Um, to be human, you think that way too. You know, like I, I was in, a, I was raised in a Christian home, and I'm always like, oh, I feel like I need to earn something from God. Um, two, having a home where it wasn't safe, like you had to leave it. Yeah. That has to do something to your psyche. Hundred percent. And then, so how have you? St- has there been a struggle not imposing those things on your relationship with God? Ooh, dang. That's a good question. I don't think so. Like at first, yes, hundred percent. Like I think it really, it really kept me away from wanting to be honest with God Mm -hmm. and really having that, that relationship of being like, look, God, here's, here's my life. What do you want me to do with it? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely having that struggle, but, I think once and like, I, and like being adopted, like, you know, and, and then you, you said you were treated differently, right? Um, like, you know, do you, do you ever feel that? It's like, Oh man, you I know? didn't, I didn't really feel it until I got older. Um, talking with my siblings. Cause like, I'll be honest, I don't remember a whole lot of my childhood and I think it's because it was bad. Yeah. Um, your brain is like brilliantly just, just blocked it out put it away and talking with my siblings. Like I was treated the worst out of all of them. Like, my, my, my mom who adopted me, like she was very abusive and like, so I think I blocked a lot of that out and they told me that I was treated the worst. And so that always kind of stuck with me as I got older with, with reference to them, not to anybody else. Yeah. But like to reference to them of like, you treated me differently. Why? You're the one who chose me. Sure. Like I didn't ask you to adopt me. Like, I'm glad you did because if you didn't, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I would be doing. Who knows, right? You may not have ever been able to go to that pizza place. I may have never been to Lil Pizzazz. Yeah. I, you know, (laughs) um, but I, I think, I don't think I ever held that against God. And I think that's where my loyalty is different, right? Like, I think when you read an Enneagram six, you, you're loyalist. And as soon as somebody crosses you, you're like, you're done. That's not how I feel about people. Like I give people chances and like, I want to work through it, but there are times I know there have been times where like you just one too many times you're done. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's boundaries. Um, Jesus even tells his disciples if they keep rejecting it, you just shake the dust off your feet and go to the next town. Exactly. Um, no, of course there's like, a like an evil version of that where it's like, you know, if everybody's toxic, maybe you're the toxic one. Right. You know, like right. everybody, they just don't get me. And you know, everybody's mean to me. All the time. It's like, maybe you're the one who's actually doing something wrong and they're trying to help you and you just call them evil. You know, I was reading Proverbs six this morning and and it's like, blessed is a person who who receives discipline and correction. That's the pathway to life. Yeah. And that's hard. It is. Um, Now I'm not projecting that on your situation. I'm just saying like, whenever I talk about like, cause I think it is healthy to have boundaries. And sometimes, you know what? I just can't have this person in my life. Pray for them. Hope somebody else reaches them, you know, because yeah. I think people get confused like, oh, I'm a Christian, though. I should always. But you need to protect your family, your loved ones and right. all sorts of things. Um, but also there's that other side, like when people ask advice, like I need to cut them off. Right. I'm like, I don't know your story enough. Maybe you're the bad person who needs to repent. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I've felt that. Right. Like 
and I don't think I am like maybe in certain if, situations I have been, but like I have thought about that. Like I'm like, am I the one who causing the problem? The person who is toxic never asks that question. Right. <laughs> That's so true. But I will say there is, and this is, this is all because of, I, I have God son Saturday. We go to Walmart in Queen Creek, right? We're getting birthday presents, go to a birthday party and uh, we're walking out. My adoptive parents are right there in the parking lot. Mm. Right, same row where we parked, right? Do I ignore him or do I talk to him? That's what Jessica asked. She's like, hey, do you want to say something or you just want to move on? Right. I say something. You know, they're lifting up dog food. I'm like, hey, do you need help? And immediately, no, we don't need help. Then they realize who it is. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can help us. Had a conversation with them. You know, they introduce, she's like, asked the girls' names and whatnot and saying how beautiful the girls are and everything. And, you know, that right there is is what God does, right? I shut those people out of my life for a reason, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not beneath them to ignore them. I'm yeah. not beneath them to just say you, you ruined my life or you were mean to me. Like, you know what? People change. People are different. I'm going to be cautious and I'm not going to mm-hmm. interact with you. And like, you're not going to be part of my kid's life because I don't want those things to happen to them that happened to me, but I'm not going to be like mean. I'm not going to ignore if I see you, I'll say hi, I'll give you a hug and say, cool. Well, yeah. I hope you guys are doing all right. See you later. You yeah. know? And, and that's, that's just how I go about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't put myself into a situation to where there's a potential to hurt my kids. Like if you want to hurt me, hurt me, but don't, you yeah. know, and that's the one thing that's my biggest cautious of ever really having a relationship with them. Mm. That's really good. Um, okay. Going back, you're just giving me a million things that I want to talk about. <laughs> we but, could talk all day, bro. Uh, <laughs> you have till three though. Uh, so when we, yeah, let's just go down this road. So when we began to introduce things like Sabbath, mm-hmm. um, how, how did you initially perceive that? Again, with knowing your context, knowing your upbringing, right. uh, I imagine LDS, you, you had some sort of version of Sabbath growing up. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those sorts of things. How have you been able to calculate, you know, how have you been able to distinguish a Christian Sabbath versus an LDS one? And any of the practices, because, you know, we are not a workspace religion. Right. Um, so how, how have you been able to, like, balance all that in your brain? Yeah, so... The Sabbath, when you're LDS, it's you don't do anything. You don't go anywhere. You stay home. Like, you you cook food at home. You don't talk to anybody. You don't watch TV, right? And it's so legalistic. Like, you don't want to, like, that's not a way to Sabbath. Sabbath is about resting. Sabbath's about getting that time with God. Mm-hmm. And and celebrating and feasting. Exactly. And being like, with people. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's. It's just to do take that step back almost like that's how I kind of think of Sabbath is like you're taking that step back from your your week your life and being like okay I can just take a break yeah I can just not like completely ignore things right like I still have responsibilities and things like that but like taking that time to really focus on the things that you need to work on and and when I say work on I mean yourself Mm -hmm. you know because like I think that's how my mind goes I don't do a very good job of Sabbath. If I'm being honest, I'm, mm. I'm working on it. I think um, Jessica and I, we were talking and we really need to like plan it out because we plan everything else in our lives. Why don't we plan this? Yeah, you absolutely. Know. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Exactly. Uh, and that's the, I think the irony uh, rest takes a lot of effort. 
Uh, Sabbath takes a lot of planning. Right. Um, you know, it requires you to change your whole schedule. That way, when Sabbath day comes, you don't have the laundry you're worrying about or right. the, this or that, right? And so it really is re- reevaluating everything. Um, and it helps empower you to actually enter into that moment and be able to just treat it for what it is. Right. And like for me, I... I'm, didn't even realize or I'd forgot that Sabbath was one of the 10 commandments. And it's like, Mm. obviously this is something that's important. Yeah. You know, and like making sure that we actually engage in that. Yeah. And not saying that all the practices are important. I think they all are because you see, if you do the practices, you see the results, you see how it changes you just your mind Yeah, and how it changes your mood. That's Mm -hmm. what, that's what I always notice the most is how my mood changes when I'm actually practicing and spending that time with God, as opposed to when I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think there are some practices you don't have to do all the time. Right. So like oh, yeah. we're going to talk about fasting soon and soon next year sometime. And I think there's seasons of life where it's like hardcore, like, man, mm-hmm. uh, there's brokenness in life. Uh, there's things that you want more than food and you're like, God, I'm just you know, in desperation or, um, here I'm start preaching on fasting, but like I think the biggest breakthrough we've seen with some folks and I want more people to know about it is if, if you have, you got real. So I'm going to get real. You know, if somebody has like a lusting issue, yeah, actually the first step is to begin to fast because when you train your body to say no to food, it can empower you to train your body to say no to dang. That's good. Things. Yeah. So it's like a way it's a training. It's like, yeah. I've already said no to food. I can say no to this other temptation. Right. Um, so, but I think what I want to be helpful for folks as we we're starting to, we're at number three now, right? Right. We're going to start to stack them where it's like, you know, I think, I think we have 10 on the docket. Uh, you know, you can't do all 10 all day, every day. Right. Um, and so really it begins, you know, this wisdom of, okay, what is in my season in this moment? Now the fear is you can say, you know, I don't need any of them in this season. And it's like, well, right. you probably do. Uh, but we, we, the reason we started with those three, I feel like. They're the big three that we need today. So G.K. Chesterton, he has this really, he's a great, like he was in the 1900s, English guy. Yeah. Brilliant, super witty. I just think he's a, he's way too hard to read. Like if, I'm, if I want to have a fun day, I'm not reading his stuff. It's a, you know, but he says the, the saints who change society the most are the ones who contradict it the most. Whoa. So anywhere where society zigs, that's where we have to zag. Right. And so I think we're exhausted. Everybody's exhausted from hurry and from trying to like prove our worth. Boom. Sabbath has to be number one. Yeah. Uh, I think we are deceived. I'm interested. James one talks about how we can deceive ourselves, which most people, we all agree. Everybody can be deceived, but it's hard for us to admit that we can be deceived even as Christians. Right. No way, man. You can totally convince yourself and deceive yourself easily. I'm a hypochondriac. I deceive myself all the time, (laughs) as you know. Um, so, so I'm like, you know, we have to have scripture. And so it's like, to me, it's like, man, I think, I think you should probably read the Bible every day. Yeah. Like, no matter what season you're in now, right. I think sometimes that means you're just reading, you're holding on to a Psalm. You're just you're reading a Psalm. It's all you got. It's like I've been in that season. All I have Lord is to show up and, and read the easiest book in the Bible and to just read it over me. Yeah. That's all I have. But right. other times like, yeah, I wrote all of Romans in two days, you know, right. like there's different seasons, but I still think it's there. And what I feel the pressure and I love it. This is, I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really I'm willing to budge, but I really think simplicity with where we're at today, it's 
we're, we got a mic problem. Okay. I think I bumped it with where we're at today. I really think simplicity is super necessary. Oh yeah. Um, cause the digital world is forming us more than we know. And I know for me, man, my material desires, like they never end. Yeah. Um, I never mentioned this in the message, but somebody was talking about, when you buy something, it always means you have to buy something more. So, like, if you buy a jacket, well, now you have to have a nice pants for it. Right. And if you have a nice jacket, nice pants, you got to get the good hat. Right. And then you got to get the nice shoes. Yeah. And now your sock game has to be strong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's never ending. Or, it's like, when you get a vehicle, going. sure, you see the number on the, but what about all the maintenance? What yeah. about all the, so, like, it's always more than what you bargain for. 100%. Um, but then, like, we have people saying, like, man, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough. It's like, yeah, cool. You know, like, I don't want to judge you. But, like, maybe not buying all those things might put you in a happier situation. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it, but I think we feel, I feel the pushback to it because it's really exposing us. Like, we, we're so used to living this certain way, looking for hope, trusting in things other than yeah. Christ. And this simplicity practice is, like, well, dude, like, it's hard. One thing, one thing, as you know, this has always stuck with me, and this is this ties with simplicity. This ties with the digital the good thing, world. God thing. Yep. No, okay. Yeah, you take a good thing, you make it a god thing. That's a really bad thing. And mm-hmm. when you're consumed with anything other than God, that's a bad thing. Now, it could be a good, a very good thing. Like but if you worship it, yeah, exactly. You make that your idol. You know, like people with politics, people with material things and wanting the next best thing or having to look the best every time or, yeah. you know, like all those different Impressing things. Pressing people. Yeah. Yeah. With your re- relational simplicity. Yeah. Um, that, that just makes it a bad thing. That's not what it's about. It's about making sure that you are taking those things out of, out of your sight path, your clear path. And like, that's where that deceiving of your mind comes in because yeah. you think you need it. And like, we just talked about this on group on Tuesday and how like, your brain gets trained into this routine. And when you're constantly on social media or you're constantly comparing or any of those things, those triggers start to just make a routine and you're always going to revert back to those because that's what your mind thinks you need to do. Yeah. And it's just, if that's one thing I noticed, that's why I deleted Instagram because I would just, so that's a practical way you've been trying to do simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. I completely, I was like, you know what? Like I just caught myself being like, picking up my phone and just going straight to Instagram, just scrolling. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not gaining anything from this. And all this does is say, oh, hey, look, I want to buy this. Or, hey, look, I want to go there or do this. And then, like, those aren't bad things, but, like, that's all my life was consumed with. Yeah. And so I'm like, no, I got rid of it. And now, like, I find myself picking up my phone and trying to go right where it was and it's not there. I'm like, oh. And I set my phone back down. Right. It's like an addict, right? It is. Yeah. And, it, and it's just, that's, that's why simplicity is so big. And like going back into Sabbath too, Sabbath, if I haven't done it right, I know I haven't done it right. And I want to do it right. And I want to try and do it right. Because I think when you do Sabbath and you do these practices, because we've done Sabbath scripture and simplicity, right? Sabbath. All S's. All S's. As you pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We got threes. We, you know, yeah. Whatever. Um, but Sabbath for me is probably the hardest one. That was my next question. What's the hardest one? I think I think for me Sabbath was the hardest. Is the well, hardest one? Well, first of all, it's twenty four hour commitment. It is. You can do all these other practices in ten minutes. You right. Know? <laughs> and like I struggle with like, okay, if I'm gonna Sabbath, like, what can I can't do? And like I think in my mind I go straight like, where are my boundaries? Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, look, I need to just spend this time with God first and foremost. 
and then I need to spend this time with my family and let's go do something like let's make it a family event that we do these things and we just don't worry about the outside world we don't worry about these other things yeah right and I think I try to make it this really big thing and right. I shouldn't yeah the fact that you even said like I don't do it right it's like well then yeah that your mind's already wrong right like exactly it's not about passing a test Sabbath is about placing your trust right. and that looks different in different ways so let me give you a couple tips because I for you, but mainly for the people also listening, because I've had some people ask, like, what's your, like, main tips to help? And, you know, it's been a few months, six months since we talked about Sabbath. Yeah. Um, I think how you start and how you finish is big. Yeah. So, like, for us, what we do is French toast. Now, what's hard is that uh, Saturday setup has, like, ruined that rhythm. Yeah. And so it actually made us pivot to where Fridays are Sabbath now. Right. But it also, um, Friday mornings don't work. So we keep pivoting and moving things around so we're now having it where friday night is where we're starting and we're starting with breakfast because it like was the thing we did back then so right. it's just brenner you know but it's so fun uh but and then we read a psalm read a psalm have breakfast uh, at, at dinner and just ask god to bless the next 24 hours so we do yeah that's great and then five o'clock the next night we i actually turn on some music and we just celebrate all right sabbath is over you know, and usually I actually go into this room and start working on my sermon, like touching it up again a little bit. Right. But I always have to, for me, I need to be off digital. So I have to practice simplicity. I need to be off uh, my phone. Right. I I'm cool with like um, the other last week, me and Jordan, actually, the kids went to bed and we played Mario Kart together and some other game, Nintendo Switch. And it was so fun. Yeah. And I was like, this is such a cool Sabbath thing. Like, you know, so like there's so much rules you can bend. Like it's we're in the new covenant. Right. The point was like, why are we doing this? We're not escaping. We're like, we're just enjoying each other. Yeah. And so somebody told me the other day, you know, you're it's a practice that glorifies God when you connect the gift with the giver. Oh, that's so good. for us, we were saying, this is fun. Thank you, Lord. Right. All right, cool. We just did something spiritual. Right. So exactly. we have fun together. So I always want to do something with my wife. Yeah. Something with the kids. Okay. And then something alone. And for me, the alone thing is whatever I didn't do enough of this last week. So if I was brain reading, counseling, I am running basketball, racquetball, I'm doing something outdoors with my body. Okay. Yeah. If this week I did concrete all week, I'm probably going to try to either read a good book or listen to some Paul Simon music. Paul Simon's my guy on the Sabbath. And nice. Day. But something that's like, I'm not like exhausting my body. I'm going on a walk. Right. And just thanking God. So anyways, those are some of the things, you know? Yeah. Um, and I actually consider like Saturday setup. I enjoy it so much because we get to hang out like with you and the different parts of our team. Right. I consider it a Sabbath activity. Yeah. You know, in the new covenant, it's like, oh no, I'm working. I'm sweating. No, I'm fine. I'm so happy on Saturday mornings. We're with the, like my favorite people. Right. Who are like going all out for the kingdom. Right. And we, we make it fun. You know, we, we have music on yeah. while we're doing it. And so we, you know, we don't, we're not so legalistic of like, right. oh, this can't be Sabbath because we're working, you know? Right. Well, and I wish, you know, I wish we had food like Caleb said, but you know, whatever. <laughs> in, our, in the growth track, for those who need context, we were telling them, hey, serve in this area. And Caleb's like, yeah, if you come on Saturdays, we got food. And we're all like, we all looked at him like, who got food? When did you get food? Was I sleeping? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so do you not struggle with the idea of Sabbath? Not at like, all. Like, does Sabbath sound good? Like, yeah, do you, have we done a good enough job where it's like, yeah, that's a good thing? Oh, 100%. Like, and I go through that same thought process that you have where, like, this week I did, uh, I was in a lot of meetings, did a lot of talking, did a lot of 
creating PowerPoint presentations or working. Oh, joy. To, yeah, I actually like that stuff. Nice. You know, but like, um, like working in Excel and like all that, like, okay, now I need to feel, I feel like I need to do something with my hands. And so like. Let's go golfing for Sabbath. <sighs> Dude, don't tease me with a good time. <laughs> um, but like, I try and find things to do or like, I, I always make sure Saturdays, if I know we don't kick off Sabbath the right way and I know we don't do it the right way, but Jessica and I always make sure like we're doing something together as a family. Yeah. At least totally. something. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, like you guys had a Harry Potter night one night, right? Yeah. One yeah. Friday night we had, we, awesome. we just had a Harry Potter night. She made like different Harry Potter, like themed foods and whatnot. Like Although, like 2004 Christian Trey would have freaked out <laughs> that you're doing Harry Potter for Sabbath. <laughs> But I've grown in the new covenant and full of grace. It's still a bad movie, though, but keep moving. <laughs> hey, wait, well, hold on. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know too much, but yeah. it's, uh, I didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think if we plan it out, um, Jessica and I talk about planning it out, and I really want to take those those practices you're mentioning, right, like where you start it off with a kick, you kick it off, right? And you're doing something right off the bat Yeah, with like a, a meal. Party. Yeah, and make it a party, right? And so I think if we do that and like really engage the girls on it, it's going to be huge. Um, and, and another thing, um, don't bring up anything that worries you. Right. So what we actually had to figure out is sometimes we'd have people from church over to Sabbath. And I've had, we've had enough people over that they don't need to, like, what does that mean or whatever? But Sometimes it would stress me out because then we would start talking about, like, they would bring up church. Yeah. And I know they have the greatest intentions. Like, they just want it, like, hey, here's how we can make this better, or what about this and that. And it would just, like, stress me out because I'm like, for you, that's not your job, but it's my job. Right. And I'm trying to get away from my job for right. 24 hours, you know? Yeah. But it's good just to, like, any of those things. Like, last last Sabbath, I was tempted to talk to Jordan about our bill situation, which isn't a good financial situation we're in because the health, our insurance is the worst. And I was like, oh, no, don't talk about it. There's no point, you know, like. We can talk about it on Monday. Yeah, it's you know? a Monday problem. That's a Monday problem. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Sabbath is great because it's like it's not responsible to put off issues, but it is on that day. <laughs> it you is know? on that day. And I think the you're right. The thing I struggle with with Sabbath is you're actually like trying to dedicate this whole time and figuring out how this you're going to make this 24 hours work. And then like I, I think my mind goes that whole legalistic route of like, OK, we're doing Sabbath, so we can't do this, this, this and this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not, that's not true. It's more about what are the things we are doing versus right. all things you can't do. And so I think that's, what's going to be helpful for me to change. Cause I do want, like, I do want engage on the practices, right? Cause like I've seen in my, just in my own life, I've seen when you actually engage on, on these things and you really put God at the center and you're having that, those talks, those relationships with him that like you see a change. Like I've seen where I'd go a month not praying, not in scripture, nothing, right? To when I go a month where I'm engaged, I pray every day, I'm in my scripture every day, and I'm doing all those things, I'm a much happier person on this side than I am on the other side. Yeah, because you know how much God loves you. It's the whole point, right? Like, right. I'm doing this every day to be reminded, oh, Lord, you love me. Right. And even though I feel like my life's not where it should be, you're so content. You know, like you, yeah. you lavish me with your love, your grace, even though I don't deserve it. Right. It's just a recalibration. Yeah. And that's why I think Sabbath's the hardest because like you really have to be very intentional. Yeah. You have to be intentional with Sabbath. Scripture reading, you, you need to be intentional. But like for me, I listen to the scripture when I drive to work every yeah. day. 
you know, I'm by myself. So like I get and that. daily habits are easier to finally like put into your routine. This yeah. is once every seven days. This, yeah. It's like, Oh, I, you can't get that rhythm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't get a rhythm. And so I think that's what makes it difficult. But I think the reason why it's like that and it's so difficult is because the beauty that can come out of it. Yeah. And so that's why, but scripture reading every day, I can just listen to it as I drive to work and I can pray, I can worship music. Like I have my own little thing that I do every morning because yeah. I have like a 40 minute drive to work. I can do that. No problem. I don't even think twice about it. Simplicity. You can delete all your social media because you don't need your social media. You don't need to be engaging in that. You think you do mm-hmm. because that's how your mind's been wired, but you don't need it. And I know some people who literally it's their job. That's right? different. And it's different. And I think it just makes it like, I just want to say it because, again, this conversation is with you, but also everybody's listening. Right. Uh, yeah, that's just going to be harder. Like, it it's is. just going to, you'd have to get more creative. So, like, for me, I'm on, because I have to post this. Like, I, right. like, I'm always posting those things. And so, the way I am adamant about it is I, you know, have those do not disturb settings at certain times a day. Right. I put it in the other room. Like, there's ways out of it, but you do, it, it, you have to be even more intentional. If it is your job, though, like, you're, the way you can go about it if it's your job, in my opinion because I don't know, it's not my job, but I think what you can do, like you do what you need to do for your job. You don't need to go engage the other things. You don't need to go and like look up other other people's profiles. <laughs> this is uh, research though. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. Like you don't There's need- There's a difference between creation and consumption. Exactly. And so like you don't need to go engage in all those other things and that's how you can get around it in my opinion. I don't know because I'm not like a social media, like that's not my job, but like that's how I would think about it. Yeah, and it people have reached out. They're like, so it, did I, am I not doing simplicity because- you know, I'm on my computer. I'm like, it's your job. I know. Like, yeah. Okay. Let's not make this legalistic. Yeah. And I'm not going to check in on you. You can do whatever. I'm just saying, are you really discontent with your life? Uh, for me, it's called holy discontentment. Like I hit a spot in my life where I was just tired of doing everything the world said to do. And I just kept coming up empty. Yeah. Exhausted, fatigued, feeling like I'm not enough. I need to do more. And then realizing, oh, that's actually a gift from God because it's a, hey, there's a better way to live. Yeah, 100%. And then you look at the word and like, oh my gosh, he gave the pathway to it. Right. Okay. And God has grace for me, so I don't have to learn all this overnight, but it's training. And so training day one, get out of the couch and walk for a mile. What does that look like for me? Okay, that means I'm going to read my Bible every day this month and and then we're going to stack onto that, you know? Right. So that's like, it renovated my heart. It was such a cool just like, oh, there's something more to this life. And then like that's changed us so much. And we brought Caleb into the journey and he's like, man, this is amazing. And that's why we wanted to bring it on everybody. Right. Um, but I oh, mean, that legalistic tend what it is, it's first Peter five. The devil is roaring aloud, is prowling around like a roaring lion, yep. seeking someone to devour. Oh yeah. And these practices are another way he can take it and twist it in order to devour some more people. So I think for us as leadership, I have to pray against that constantly, but yeah. also remind people constantly, man, this is an invitation to love. You don't have to do any of this. You can live your life. Morality is a requirement. Right. You shouldn't be killing people. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to call the cops. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But maturity is a request. Yeah. You know, to me, this is a James one, someone who is growing in endurance, growing in maturity, enduring through the trial, Sabbathing on the days where it felt great, Sabbathing on the days when it doesn't feel great, right. really learning to do these things. This is what like I want 
the deep end of our pool at Passion Creek to be deep. Yeah. And I don't want some people playing around there. Yeah. Now, we love those in the shallow end of the pool, and we want the shallow end of the pool to have the cool umbrellas and have a great time because, you know, I was in the shallow end for a long time, and, and I needed were. to be there. Right. But now it's like, oh, is there something else to this? Oh, yeah. cool, the deep end. I get to dive, you know? Right. And so that's what we're trying to do with this. Man, you can be in the shallow end if you'd like, but we also want to create a better environment where we can... We need to be more like this. This world is hard it and it's is. hostile and maturity is the way through. Yeah, it is, man. And it's like with the social media, like and being consumed with that, like who who's to say that that isn't the devil targeting you? Right. That's Absolutely. where that's where lusts come from. That's mm. where desires come from that aren't of your own thinking. But you've seen it enough times to where you're like, maybe I do need that. Maybe I do want to go down that path. Maybe I do want to do these things when in reality you don't, but you've seen it so many times that now it's ingrained in your mind and now you have that routine. And that's why I was like, dude, I got to get rid of Instagram. Like mm. I don't, that's the only, and the reason why I pick Instagram specifically, cause that's the only app I ever felt that with. Interesting. Right? That, yeah. that, like I can go. And on. that's a good example of freedom. There's other things yeah. I don't feel that with, so I don't have to go all exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing that consumes me on Facebook is Facebook Marketplace looking at golf clubs and cars. <laughs> like, but I don't ever buy anything. It's just something I like to look at. But yeah. like, but I would notice on Instagram how that would change my my mood, mm -hmm. how that affected my mind. And so that's why I was like, look, I got to get rid of this. Like yeah. that was the one thing I knew for simplicity specifically. I had to be like, you got to go. To me, that was the biggest one. Like just this digital world that's happening to us. It, you know, other gener certain generations, it's more of like the TV, the news. Yeah. Others of us, it's the social media. Yeah. Um, Proverbs six twenty seven through twenty nine, it, it will, through twenty eight. Let's read that. It says, "Can a man take fire in his bosom?" Let's see what translation I'm using. <laughs> Thou let's, shall. Let's do. Uh, let's do the. <laughs> That's that's in NIV is can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? No. Can a man? Let's see another translation. Um, yes, the answer is no. Can a man embrace fire and his clothes not be burned? And the devil's greatest trick is that you convince you he's not there, right? Right. And so what we have a lot is people exhausted and saying, "Why are my clothes burned?" And we're like, you keep putting the fire on your lap. Yeah, they, that's good, man. Yeah, the, you're 100% right. That's such a great point because it is. That's exactly what you're doing in whenever you're giving in to those desires and those things that you think you need mm -hmm. because that's what, you're, that's what you've been told, Yeah. right? And not necessarily someone physically telling you, but like that's what... That's what the enemy is attacking you with because he knows your desires. He knows the things that you need. Totally. The, the things your that triggers. You, yeah, your triggers, mm -hmm. right? He he wants you to go away from those instead of going towards towards Jesus, right? Yeah. And so it's... That's why the Proverbs also says, don't even go down the street of that lady's house. Yeah. Like, if you turn into that road, it just got a whole lot harder to say no. Yeah. So that's why, that's why we're like, hey, maybe you want to delete this. Maybe, again, it's an invitation. I'm trying to make that so obvious. Right. You don't have to do any of this. If you are mature enough, shout out to those who can do. Do you need to take that call? I don't know. Oh, they stopped calling. Okay. Shout okay. out to those who can have all these apps and have all that at their fingertips and it doesn't right. affect them or they don't get addicted to it. Yeah. That's just not me. I, I'm an info junkie. And so I'm like watching stuff because I just want to learn more. Right. What's another, like, um, you ever do strengths finders? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's like your top 10 strengths or really your top five. So my top strength is input. And literally said the best job for an input person 
is a librarian <laughs> because it's all about, well, I read about this. Let me tell you this cool thing. Oh, oh you know, am I not like that? Right. right? You know, right. like, Hey, this quote, Hey, this resource. Hey. So I always want to take all this weird random stuff and insert it into conversations. And that's why you have a library. And that's why I got my library behind me. <laughs> but that's also why I'm like on YouTube and podcasts. Right. It's like, and it's like, okay, I'm weary. Like I'm just exhausted. Yeah. And, and I, and it just took a long time. Cause I'm like, but fire's good. Yeah. You know, in a fireplace and I'm cold. Okay, you're putting on your lap now. Yeah. The fire's no that's longer doing what you need to do. Yeah. You know, and that's going to burn. Yeah. Yeah. So, for sure. uh, you know, may the Lord give us wisdom to see what fire are we putting on our lap. Right. You know, and then give us, Holy Spirit, the strength to say, we're not going to do that anymore. Right. And I'm going to cut, I'm not going to go down that road because, man, I want to live a life and life in abundance. Not because I'm trying to earn it. I want to, what do, what do we say one day? We're doing these practices not to earn god's love but to turn to god's love that's yeah. already there for us yeah 100 percent. like and that's what i notice when i actually engage in the practices right like like i mentioned earlier like if i'm if i'm angry i'm frustrated over everything right it changes my mood completely when yeah. i'm not having that communication with god and then not talking with him and it's just a simple prayer like i could go a whole week not into my scripture but if i go a whole week without praying I notice it. Mm -hmm. I recognize it. And like, even Jessica, she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just frustrated. I'm just mad, whatever. Right. And it's because I know I'm not engaging in the practices like I should. I'm not engaging in the relationship that I need to have that brings my life into an abundance. Yeah. 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 I think it's just a, you know, my fight, I, I played sports my whole life. And so everything's a competition and I have to do the best. Right. And so then I, it becomes a game and not a loving relationship. It becomes a tally and not time. And so I have to constantly go, okay, I, I missed the plot line again. Um, sometimes I give myself the grace of like, you know what, this week I'm barely doing any of the practices. Uh, and then I go, Oh wait, yeah, yeah. I did need to do them. It just, it's like a wake up call. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, I have the grace to not do this. And then I do it for a week and go, yeah, that's a cool grace, but I, I actually want to do it again. Cause life right. is better. I'm, I'm living the life that God designed me to live when I'm pressing in. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that I've accepted that like there's grace there with the practices, but I, I feel like sometimes I've accepted it too much, you know, like let's talk about that. Okay. So um, I'm reading uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He's a really cool guy where he's a Christian and he actually uh, protested the Nazis. So he was in Germany. Okay. And um, I'm actually sharing it on a sermon on this Sunday, which I think I'm going to post this after so people will know a little more context. But his whole thing, it's called, the book is called The Cost of Discipleship. Okay. And he talks about cheap grace versus costly grace. Now, when people say, no, you need to remind me of grace. Grace that allows me to not have to do any of this. He says that's cheap grace and it's not biblical grace. Grace, true costly grace, is grace that calls you to sacrifice your life, but it gives you the power to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. So cheap grace is Romans 7, antinomianism, where Paul says, you've got it all wrong. Oh, I'm going to keep sinning so that grace can keep coming my way. Right. So they, all these people in Romans 7 got so confused. Yeah, I, I love grace. Sign me up. I'm going to go sin even more because then I need more grace to, right. to forgive me. He's like, no, you missed the plot line. Yeah. The person who needs the most grace is the one living in holiness because they, they're saying every day, God... If you don't, like, I, I'm going to practice simplicity today, and I can't do it on my own power. Right. I need your grace to give me the power to do this. Grace right. is like jet fuel, right? It's what empowers us to, to live righteously. It does. But false grace says it's permission. 
do whatever you want, right. live like the world. That's not Man, that's, biblical grace. Right. That's such a costly good word. grace. It's not permission. It's power. Right. That's such a good word because like that's I think that's where we're at today. Yeah. That's where we live because we say that all the time. Like there's grace. But really, if you have the right perception of grace, then your grace is being you're being filled with abundance because you are engaging in the practices. And I think so, so often we're like, oh, well, there's grace. Right. Yeah. And really there isn't because if you're not in that communication, you're not in that relationship with him. You, he's not really giving you the grace that you need because he's not listening to you. You're not inviting him in to be there with you. So I would edit that a little to say, go ahead. <laughs> um, there is grace for you, but you're not grabbing it. Okay. Cause God is gracious to us. Right. We could take a thousand steps away from the father. It always just takes one to come back. Right. Cause he's pursuing us. I know you didn't mean it that way, right. but it's my job to go. How can somebody take that the wrong way? You know what I'm saying? That's true. But yeah. So like God is full of grace and he wants to give it to us. I often give this other illustration and maybe I need to mention it again on a Sunday, but let's say uh, my uncle, he owns the superstition mountains. Okay. okay. With me on this illustration. Okay. Yeah. And in his will, he willed me the mountain. Okay. He gave me a map and said, actually, there is real gold here. Last touch, man. Okay. Listen. So then I go, okay. So now I have the map. I have it as an inheritance. I own it, even though I know this is government property, but right. let's move on. It's my illustration. And um, so do I have gold in my possession? No. Technically, yes, but no, right? No, you don't. Is that gold mine, though? You have the gold mine. You have the gold mine. Yeah, so that gold yeah, yeah. is mine. Yes, that's in the mountain, but you got to find it. And I got to work for it. Yeah. I got to dig it. Yeah. So it's, it's mine. It's my inheritance. Right. But every day I got I to gotta get a tractor. I got to get a pick, whatever it's got. I need to go grab it to yeah. use it. That's a good illustration. And I think with the Gospels, yeah, like we have, Ephesians says, this inheritance of Christ. It's all, it's ours. But like, you want to experience it, right. you got to get your shovel out. Yeah. You got to practice. Right. So to me, every day... Like when I practice Sabbath, rest is mine in the Lord. Right. And today I'm grabbing it. Right. And I think that's the illustration you need, right? You got to, cause, cause when you say you're going to, you're going to go dig for that mine, it's almost like you're going for works, which that's not what we're going for. It's already my mountain. Yeah. And so you got to, but you, like you said, you got to grab it, right? Yes. That rest is mine. So it's almost like that's mine for the taking. And I'm going to take it. Yes. Because you have to have that mindset. It's only my fault. It's like. God's like, I gave you this inheritance. Yeah. You can grab it any day you want. Yeah. But sometimes you just refuse to try to make a living somewhere else. You don't need to make a living over there. Right. The gold is here. Yeah. Just come in. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's that's the one thing that has resonated with me recently, too, is like knowing that you you, you have to invite him in to that. Like he's going to guide you to it, mm -hmm. but you can't guide yourself to it. You need him to guide True. you to it. True. And you, and he's not going to, he's not going to guide you to it unless you ask him. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So man, it's ours, you know? And so, yeah. um, and that's the other thing. It's like, um, where do I want to take this one? Let's use one more illustration and we're done. Dude, okay. we're doing great. Are you feeling fine? I'm good. Wise? I can keep going, man. Okay. I'm good. We're going Joe Rogan on this. Let's huh? go Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, we're only an hour in. Yeah. We're good, man. Um, Chick-fil-A, you know how they give that like. Uh, at CBU, if you nailed the half court shot, you get free Chick-fil-A for a year. Yes. Okay. Now the way they do that though, when you get free Chick-fil-A for a year, they don't have a semi truck that backs into your 
driveway right. and they give you 52 sandwiches with 52 fries and 104 Chick-fil-A packets. Right. What they do is they give you a card. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what they do though is you have to go every day and get what's already yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have to do the same thing with God. So grace is not opposed to effort as opposed to earning. Yeah. This card is mine. I already have a whole year's worth of food. Right. But I got to get my butt out of the bed and I got to into the truck and go get what's already mine. Right. But another thing is we think grace is he just dumps it all in one moment. That food would spoil, right? So right. like it's one day at a time. So I need I, I need this. I need grace for today. And so that's why I'm pursuing the scripture again today. I can't go to church on one day. Right. And the, the next six days I don't have to eat because I ate a big meal on Sunday. That's not it. No. There's grace for each day. Yeah. And so I got the card and I'm just going in. Swiping it. And I'm swiping it. Yeah. Dude, you know? that's good. Yeah, because that, that right there is such a great illustration. Because you're right. You're not going to get it all at once. Mm-hmm. You don't need it all at once. Because you won't You be, won't know what to do with it. Exactly. And so getting it daily, being fed daily, there's a reason why the Bible says, give us our daily bread. Come on. You know, like that's Jesus's that's, prayer. Yeah. That's why we have to do those things. You have yeah. to pursue them because then that's when you get filled with your grace. And so we can get a, a exhausted thinking of like, oh, I did Sabbath so great last week. Why do I have to do it again this week? Right. But it's like, okay, but you, that was a grace for that day. And you got to keep going again. Yeah. Uh, but what a privilege when you go, you're like, you know what? Why am I complaining? Yeah. I get free Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I just got to show the card. Yeah. I got to show my identity and I already have it, but, but I got to go get it. Yeah. hundred percent. And it, and it's, it's having the mindset of what an opportunity. Yes. You know, I love, I love that phrase. It's so funny because of the background of it, Yeah, but like, it's such a good saying, like it is what an opportunity for me to glorify God in this moment. What an opportunity for me to go and love him in this moment. What an opportunity for me to be sad in this moment, but to know that I can rejoice with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the burden of preaching is, I think there's two ways to inspire people. One is to say, what an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look at the vision. Like, look who you could become. If you, what what kind of person do you want to be in right. 30 years? Cool. Let's say, you know, this, 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 that. Great. How are you going to get there? Well, you probably, these practices are going to help you, right? 100%. Um, so it, sometimes, like, what I have to do is paint a vision. Like, man, this is just better. You know, like, let's go do that. Other times, the way to communicate to people to change is to show how worse they are now. Right. So it's like, hey, your, your your life is worse than you think. You know, sometimes that's the job. Yeah. You know, like when we were talking about digital consumption, for 10 minutes I kept saying like, man, this is killing you. This yeah. is killing me. This is killing us. Yeah. And this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. Yeah. And what it has to do, what we're trying to do is like create a holy discontentment where it's like, you're right, I don't like where my life's at. Give me a way out. Right. You know, you and I, we have a mutual friend. I'm going to mention it that way because I didn't get their permission. But they received a diagnosis that said, if you don't change your life, Mm -hmm. this new thing is about to enter into your health that will forever define how you operate and live and relate to food and life. Yeah. So this person went, whoa, I'm going hardcore. I'm changing all of my habits and lifestyle with food and this and that and exercise. And then this person got good news that, hey, that's no longer knocking on your door. Yeah. What did it take for that person? It took bad news. Yeah. You know? And so th- sometimes when I look at all these practices and stuff, I, we have to think through, 
man, what happens when we don't do this? It can yeah. get pretty bad. Like we're, we're living a shell of what we could be doing. Right. Living. And, and I think for me sometimes personally, I'll wait. I, I don't intentionally wait, but I wait for that bad news. Yeah. It's human. Yeah. I wait for that bad news to be like, Oh wait, I got to change this in my life. And then like you change and you start to see the benefits and you start to engage in those different things that are going to make you better. Right. But how do we get around from waiting, not waiting for the bad news? You know, like that's the hard part in trying to figure this part out. I think it's James one, Holy spirit, give me wisdom. Yeah. You know, so that I don't have to wait for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody defined wisdom that way where you don't have to hear bad news to change. It's, you know, it's obviously better worded, but, um, yeah, that's the wisdom. I, 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 there's a pastor. He says, don't pay the dumb tax. Mm-hmm. And he said, he's like, for me, he goes, I'm giving you all these lessons because I had to do it because I was too dumb. I didn't know the answer. Right. But now I know the answer. So he's like, if you make the same problem, that's you paying the dumb tax. I already paid that for you. Skip the dumb tax. Right. And just do what I say. Yeah. You know, and so I think that shows the importance of multi-generational church, having mentors around the church, hearing, hey, when you're in this stage of life and this, you know, when you were or newly uh, married, this, that, the other, when your right. kids are about to hit, enter junior high, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? Yeah. You know, let's learn from each other rather than, oh my gosh, my teenager is now dealing with this problem. Now I have to fix it. Right. Being proactive is so much better than being reactive. I tell people all the time, like even non-believers, I'm like, look, I, I'm going to love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm called to do. I want, I want to love you. I don't care about your past. Your past is your past and you can turn away from it. Every day is a new day. Yeah. And so often I tell people, I tell people that, especially non-believers, because I want them to see that side of the church. I think a lot of times people don't see that side of the church. Sure. They see the side of judgment. They see the side of, we just want your money when that's not what it's about. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. And the only way you're going to get there is if I show love to you. Right. And if I show that compassion to you and that brings that brings those people with those different backgrounds in and having those different people within the church, you know, totally. like you having the multi-generational of people in their different seasons. And it's great having that in your group, too, because you you can relate in different aspects of life. You may not relate in this current season, yeah. but somebody's been there. Mm-hmm. Someone can help you through that and talk with you through that and you can grow together. You know, and it's just sharing your story and talking your story and and having those relationships with those people. Yeah, being so patient and understanding um, because there's not only multi-generational, but like we're in different, you know, some of us started earlier in the Christian life than others. Like you can be the same age and be like totally different life. Right. You know, and so having patience. um, That's why I like how we want to use that training metaphor often with these practices. It's like, hey. You know, if you've never run a marathon in your life, we're not asking you to run 13 miles tomorrow. Tomorrow, the big win is you didn't eat Cheetos. Right. You know, and then we're going to move from there. Right. Um, and so so we celebrate that. Man, success looks different for everybody. It's like for me, okay, let's say, man, I've been running six miles for six months. I have to up it up to seven now. Yeah. You know, and and so then we, we celebrate, hey, you did seven, but that guy got 19. Okay, that's cool. It's not about where you're at on the yard line is are you moving forward right you know one yard at a time yeah and like i think there are times for me personally that i just struggle with like i i should be further along in my walk and i think a lot of people feel that especially if you've been in the church a while you know like we've been we've been we got baptized in 2008 and here we are 15 years later right and 
I, I almost feel like if I talk to people and tell them that they're like, oh, you should be a lot further along. You know, you you're viewed as a leader in the church and you should be a lot further along. But I mean, like you said, it it's we're we're running this race. We're running this marathon. And it's yeah. it's it's practice for when we have to run that final marathon. And yeah. yeah, keeping that like keeping that mindset and being able to train yourself. And that's what these practices do. Yeah. You're training for that marathon yeah and you're gonna have days you're gonna wake up and you're like you know what i don't feel it today i can't run today yeah. whatever right totally and Rest that's day. what's gonna happen mm -hmm. and you have to recognize those things and you really have to like talk yourself through those things i think uh my spiritual director tells me this all the time he says spiritual growth often feels like backsliding yeah feels like backsliding. it does it's not but it feels like it right because you're struggling you're wrestling yeah you know and you're just tired sometimes um when you're changing so many aspects of your life too, right? Like, especially as a new believer, you had such a different background of your yeah, life. Yeah. And now you, you're you changing so much of your life where you feel like you're a completely different person, which you are, but you're a different person for the good. But like, you feel like you're backsliding because you're just a different person now. Yeah. Um, I'm sharing this again on Sunday. So this is almost affirming that I think where we're going to go on Sunday is good. So some people hopefully have already heard this. Nice. But uh, there's a prayer from this guy, Pierre Telhard de Chardin. Ooh. Okay. Oui, oui. But it's this Ignatian prayer, I think. Uh, but it's it's super helpful. So check this out. I've actually been holding on to this prayer all week. Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. Mm. Everything we're talking about right now, right? Yeah, 100%. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. Yeah, we, we want to skip that, right? Yeah. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet, it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability. Mm. So to make progress, you have to go through instability. Yeah. You have to you have to be going like you're you're going backwards. Right. And that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Your ideas mature gradually, or maybe we can say our practices mature gradually. Let them grow, let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you can be today what time will make of you tomorrow. Yeah. So all a lot of this is the practice plus time. Yeah. That equals that transformation. I'm almost done. I'm sorry. It's a long prayer. You're good. The next the few are just so helpful lines. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. How cool is that? Like who knows what God's going to be doing? Right. Right? Yeah, Only God knows so what good. we're on the on the path to. So don't judge yourself too soon. Right. Don't be like, "Oh man, I'm not into No, God knows. Only yeah. he knows." But I love this line. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. Yeah, that's good, man. That It's exactly that's everything good. we're talking about right now. Yeah. 100%. And it, it's it's refreshing. Like, that. that's a great prayer. Yeah, I've just been so... I. Glad I got to hear it first. Last night, yeah. <laughs> Last night, it's all I could hold on to. Like, I was just in a really down spot, and I thought, oh, okay. The instability is the way to growth. It's the way to progress. You know, like, I can't judge where I'm at or where we're at too soon. Like, God is working, and evil work is always fast. 
Oh yeah. But holy work is super slow because it gets down to the root, down to the marrow. Yeah. You know, Uh, because like, you know, if something happens fast, it can leave fast, you know, but with the Holy spirit, his work, it's so slow and gradual, but true and genuine. Yeah. That's, it's so true. Cause like, that's in like going back to simplicity and social media, right? That's exactly how it is. You, you fall into those desires and everything just like that because of what shows up on your feed or whatever. Right. And it's so quick. And you spend one day away from digital media and you're like, I'm still anxious. I, yeah. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not. And it's like, oh yeah. Okay. Don't judge yourself. It takes a while. Yeah. Like detox takes, it takes some time. Right. If you're, if you're certain at an addict level, yeah. it's not a one day clinic. No. Hey, you're here for a month. Hey, you're here for a year. You're yeah. here, you know, like. I think we're addicted to things more than we know. And it's going to take a lot of grace and a lot of patience to get through it. And it's even things that you don't think are bad or able to be addicted to, but that you are just because of the routines that you've created. Yeah. And that's what, that's what kills it because you just, you feel like, oh yeah, I'm not doing a bad thing. Yeah. You know, and it goes right back to when you take a good thing, you make it a God thing. It's a very bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, those are the things that always go through my mind when I'm going through some of these things and I'm working through them. It's like, you know what? That wasn't good. Yeah. Even though it was a good thing. And it's like having the intentions, right? Like it's like when, when it talks about tithing and it says, you know, don't let your right hand or your left hand see what your other one's doing. Right. Yeah. It's that same thing. And it's, it's, it's like you want to, oh man, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I'm distracting you. I'm fixing a camera. (laughs) I like, I had it and I lost it and it went away. It'll come back. Um, my battery is dying on my computer. It's charging that, and I'm trying to do Uh-oh. both at the same time. Um, do you think of it yet? No, I lost it. It's oh man! Well, see you guys. No, um, <laughs> that ends our podcast. We'll yeah. talk to you later. Yeah, it's just it's just really really slow. And oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm actually really. I think I'm. Gr- I think yeah. I think I'm grateful that it is slow. Because when you achieve something, you're like, okay, what's next? Yeah, exactly. And then you're bored. Right. So like people who have like made all the money in the world are like, now what? Yeah, you find ways to make more money. But character transformation is a lifelong journey Mm -hmm. and project. And it's really a joy to go, man, there's so much more to go. That actually is inspiring because now I, you know, I still have a goal. But also, wow, praise God, look back. Look back to who I was five years ago. Look yeah. back a decade ago. Man, I am growing. Even in our group, Yeah. Uh, the other night, somebody had said, you know, I'm in a spot where this stuff is hard. But, man, I can't deny. When I look back at who I was in January versus who now, yeah. a lot of changes happened. Oh, yeah, dude. I look, about, I look back to where I was two years ago, mm-hmm. and so much change has happened. You know, and, like, I think there were a couple of things that changed even in the last three years, and I'm going to you know, between me and you, right. Sure. That, that helped me grow and change. And it it took something off of, off of my heart that was probably sitting there unintentionally. Right. And it's something that, that, that. oh no, I took away the wrong thing. The wrong one. Okay. Hold on. It should come back. All right. I'm messing up this podcast. Hold it's on. okay. There hey. we go. You're back. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Every time you have something profound, I like to interrupt it. So. Of course. <laughs> that's that's how we do it here. And this is why we're just going to keep talking and have a good time and people can get out of it what they need. The computer is flashing red. So if I didn't switch this charger over, the whole thing was going to die. Yeah. So. Um, Our relationship. Yeah. So like that, like mending that with you, I, I, I think I carried a lot there that I never spoke of. And I think mending that and fixing that was 
was helped me change so much because yeah. then like it brought us back into getting, I'll be honest. Like we tried other churches and other churches don't, don't want to help people develop, or at least I don't feel, I can't speak for everybody, but in my own yeah. personal opinion, yeah. Other churches, thank you for that I, precursor. Yeah. I feel other churches don't do a good job investing into people to help them invest in themselves to better themselves to be in a better relationship with Christ. And I feel that's something that Passion Creek does. And, and we didn't do a good job of it the first time you were around, though. Oh, no. You know, yeah. like, and that was part of that 2018 life transformation in my own heart that made me go, oh man, there's more to this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think even just both of us, like, realizing our leadership and what we needed to do to fix that. Yeah. Right. And I think communication was the biggest thing. That's something that we lacked the first time around, you know, with when we first planted the church, we didn't communicate very well at all, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Anytime there's confrontation, I was like, oh, and I just kind of avoid it. Right. And so, but we've grown from that. And now we talk all the time. We communicate all the time. We fight all the time, but at least we're talking about it. (laughs) No, but we're willing to, we're willing to disagree. We're willing to go, Hey, where are you at? Is everything good? Right. We can talk about it. We're big boys. Yeah. Yeah. And I think fixing that like changed me in other aspects of my life. I almost think that that held me back from my own, like even professional development. Sure. Right. Because when I changed that, like that's when I really started to enjoy leadership and that's when I really started to be good at it. Mm -hmm. And I just got so involved and it made me realize when you hold on to those things and you are struggling with those things with anybody or anything, like if you got to give those things up, you got to talk about them you got to work through them because what is that holding you back from? Dwelling on rejection is a damaging infection. Oh yeah, it is dropping bars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, man, I mean, that's James one quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Anger there is orgizo. Or orgazzo, I think, where it's the slow simmer, like just, man, that person bothered me. I'm just, I'm going to ghost them because that really bothered me. You know, he's yeah. like, hey, be slow to that. Be Quick slow. to listen means go to the table and have the conversation and figure it out. Right. And then even going into verse two, the endurance. Mm-hmm. We are in the endurance of this. And what does that build from that endurance? Yeah. Right. Like even just James one through three, just that whole part. Right. And really one, one through three. Yeah. One, yeah. One, one through three. Yeah. Just engaging in through that and learning that part and getting through that endurance. Like you're building something better. And I think that's what the endurance is for. That's where we're entering into in our church is honeymoon's over as far as like, Hey, practices, that's kind of cool. Let me experiment now. Okay. Will you endure? Yeah. Like, are you going to actually let this mature you? You know, like it's typical. Um, and we had considered doing this. Let's do a sermon series for four weeks where we talk about the four most important practices. Hope that you do it. All right, let's just go back to normal day life. But we're annoying, and we're going, okay, four weeks on each practice, and then the next eight weeks, it's all we're talking about, and then maybe we'll enter into the next one, which I'm not sure what we're going to do. We might take a pause in November um, just to make sure, okay, let's not overwhelm, okay? Let's, where are we at with Sabbath scripture simplicity? Yeah. Cool. All right. Cause the next one's generosity and then fasting. And I'm excited for those things, but we're just not wanting to, to bulldoze through, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's endurance. Yeah. It, it's, it's a grind, you know, but there's so much life on the other. It's just like training. It's just like training. It's a hundred percent training. And like, I love, I love the, the way that the practices are, are being engaged, right. And being presented because I know for me, I need to understand those things. And I think having like, if you don't have that big background and then you can say, Hey, look, like this is what Jesus did. This is how Jesus and the disciples went through things and they process things by doing these practices. 
Like to me, that's like, okay, cool. If I do that, that's just going to better my relationship with Christ. And like seeing the practices that are coming up, I'm excited because like I'm in my mind, at least I'm already trying to engage in those. Sure. Yeah. You know, like I know you're doing generosity. You're not like waiting like, well, I'll wait to be generous. Until, yeah. 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 Like I'm excited for generosity. I do try and fast. I haven't been good about it the past few months. I'm so excited to teach on that. I mean, that's been life changing for me and it was never fasting was never the thing I thought it was. Right. But, um, yeah. What else are you going to say? Sorry. No, no, I'm sure I was, I cut uh, you off. Oh, you're good. Okay. Oh man. We're getting the part of the episode where I'm like, I have a great idea. No. Oh, yeah, Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson has this line in, I don't know, I have all of his books. I'm obsessed with Eugene Peterson, as you know. But he says, the Jesus way, wedded to the Jesus truth, brings about the Jesus life. Mm. And what we're trying to do in the practices is this is the way of Jesus. Sabbath rest, this is what he did. Mm-hmm you know, memorizing, meditating on scripture. This is what he did. Uh, simplicity. Like he didn't own a lot of things. Like this is what he did. Yeah. Okay. That's the way of Jesus, the hodos in Greek. It's, it's actual set of not just beliefs, but behaviors, Mm -hmm. but we are what you would call this book right here that I'm, I'm actually holding up. It's called remaking the world. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, how everything changed in 1776. Yeah. But it, do I want to go all the way in that book? Yeah. So, Essentially, one reason why I think we haven't seen like major life transformation in the American church is we just think the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. Mm. But you have to wed it to the way. Right. So the reason we think just truth, which again, truth is a wonderful start. I mean, that will eventually lead if you do it right. It'll lead you to do it. James one twenty two: be doers of the word, not hearers, only right. deceiving yourselves. But... This is why we're focusing on the practices because that's such a, we don't naturally want to do any of the things we're learning, but Jesus way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life, which is life in abundance, peace that passes understanding, right. all those things. But the reason why it's hard for us is naturally we are Cartesian, which is uh, Rene Descartes. He has this whole theory. I think therefore I am. And so he says, all that matters is you have the right knowledge. Mm. If you get the right set of information, your life is great. But I lived the Christian life long enough to go, okay, I knew the gospel. I knew all the right stuff, but I was living habitually. I was habituated into a secular system. Yeah. I was watching things I probably shouldn't watch. I was talking, like all the things. Yeah. So even though I knew the truth, I was living another thing and I didn't have the Jesus life. And I'm not right. talking about salvation. I think I was always, you know, I was saved when I believed right. the first time, but. I wasn't living in the fullness of the telos, the maturity, the wholeness, as James 1 says, until I realized that Jesus way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. Right. Well, it's just like I was talking about. I'm a completely different person. I know Jesus's way. Like, I know I'm saved. I know all the, I know the gospel. I know all that. Right. But if I'm not engaging on anything, mm-hmm. I'm a completely different person. Yeah. And that, that, that is telling to me. Because if you if you don't engage on those things, you're you're not happy. You're frustrated. You're you're anything that that is anything that can be attacked easily by you. You know what I'm so encouraged to encourage you with? What? There will come in a time <clears throat> in your Christian maturity where doing all the right practices actually sometimes leads to more misery. Yeah. Oh, I already know that. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's called the dark night of the soul. Like yeah. I, even like this last month, I think I've actually been really um, that's just, in that book, right? The, the glass house, the dark night of the soul. 
Who wrote The Glass House? I don't know about The Glass House. Oh, it's that The House. I know Mansions of the Heart. Mansions of the Heart, that one. Okay, yeah. It's That's my that, spiritual director. And it's in that book, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Dark Knight of the Soul. Yeah. Um, but it's like it man, it's 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 hard. And and I think God in his grace doesn't introduce that thing until you're really well like, you know, you've been doing it for a long time. Like right. they actually say most people don't experience that till like the their sixties, you know, right. and if they've been doing it their whole life. But um I feel like I'm I'm experiencing a miniature version of it where this past month I look at like my habits and practices, I'm like, I've actually been killing it. Like I've actually been doing the things, right? but man, I'm exhausted. I'm miserable. Uh, you know, I'm waking up with anxiety and it's like, but I'm, I'm doing the right things. And so sometimes even like, I want to use it as an encouragement. Hey, your life will probably get immediately better. Like if you Sabbath, it might be right after that Sabbath, you're so rested, Yeah. but there might be days where you're not. Yeah. And you, that's when it's like, are you doing this? Are you serving God for your sake or are you serving God for God's sake? Yeah. And going, okay, even though I'm still miserable doing this, I'm still not going to fall. I'm not going to go into the temptation. I still know your way is the right way. It's a good way. It's a beautiful way. And even though I don't feel the payoff yet, I'm going to keep leaning in. And that's where you everybody know? turns. Yeah. That That's the turning point for everybody. To, Cause yeah. it's so easy to just be like, no, I'm not going to do this today. No, I'm going to go do whatever. Right. And that's when you give in. That's when you give into the sin. That's when you give in desires, temptation, all those things, because it's hard. And that's why you need community. It's yeah. like, Hey, you know, like that's, that's actually what's been holding me up. I have friends, mentors, and I just been like, Hey, here's my life. Here's what's going on. I'm tired. I'm this, I'm that. And they're like, Hey, we've been there. You know, like, you know, you know, you're doing right. Keep pushing through, yeah. you know, the, you know, I, I I got a text yesterday that said, uh, do not grow weary in, in, in doing good. Yeah. You know, um, for at the right time, this is in Galatians, you know, you will reap a harvest. Yeah. Don't grow weary. Keep going. You need, you need to hear that from somebody. You do. You know, you do. And like, I find, I find it too, when you're engaging with other people of different walks, you, you, I think it helps me personally when I'm talking with people who don't have that relationship or have that, that, that life, I can talk to them about my previous life and how I was before and who I am today and why I am the way I am today. Yeah. And like, that's the biggest thing of where I'm at with my new company, right? Like I can talk, I feel like I can talk about that freely. I'm not going to get in trouble where before the place I worked at before, if I said anything along those lines, I'm going to go to HR or whatever. Right. But people could talk about other things that are total worldly things that no, that I don't agree with, but I have to be okay with, but they can't be okay with what I believe in. Yeah. And so whenever you get the opportunity to talk to those people about that, it, it helps bring me back. So like when someone's struggling with something and they talk to me about it or, um, somebody just has this way of life that they're living in, I can tell them, well, here's kind of what I think. Here's kind of where I would go with things. But like my, my thought process is always like, is always Jesus foundation. Right. And Mm -hmm. like how I would go about things. And that's encouraging to help turn back into the right direction instead of turning away to the temptation and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think one way to witness to people is to go, you know what, you don't have to, you know, yet, you know, like, Hey, you don't have to fully adopt. Like, I'm not saying you, you know, you have to be Jesus follower, but how about you try this thing that Jesus does? Right. And let's see what, how it, like it changes your life. Yeah. Like, I think it's interesting when Jesus would call his disciples, his first thing was what? Follow me. Follow me. Just, Hey, you don't have to sign off on a document yet. Just start doing what I do and see what happens to your life. Yeah. 
You know, exactly. so it's like, hey, how about you try this? Let's pivot. Let's do something the way of Jesus is. And uh, wow, you're going to be like, okay, I want to know more about this rabbi right. and his way of life. Right. You know, it's a good way to introduce people. Well, and you see the things that change, right? So if you just start off with prayer, just praying every day. Yeah. And there are times that's hard. And I found that when it's hard for me to pray, like I'll start a prayer and then I'll just get distracted. Yeah. I In that moment, this week I tried something new. Is that when that, when that happened... I'm like, you know what, God, I think I'm just going to sit here and meditate. I'm just going to try and listen to what you want to tell me and keep the distractions out of my head because I'll go squirrel all the time and other things pop up. I'm like, keep those out. And I'm just going to sit in silence and listen. And I think if you can recognize and do those things, like that's what helps you grow. And that's what builds that endurance. Yeah. That's making space for grace right there. Yeah. hundred percent. And it was, it was definitely encouraging. I don't think I got anything from it like in that moment, but like being able to recognize that I can do that in those moments, I think more is going to come because it's not going to come in that moment. You're going to get different yeah. things at different times. You don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you. Yeah. So right? good. Or uh, what's that other line I said? Um, is this all in that prayer? Yeah. Dang. Your whole uh, sermon's on the prayer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only God can say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Yeah, exactly. Right? So yeah. like, yeah, I, that's the other thing, man. We we judge ourselves so fast. I tried this. Am I better now? Right. Okay, I'm not. That didn't change me. I'm out. You we know? want that instant gratification. Yeah. Because that's the world we live in is that you get that instant gratification. I can pull my phone up right now and order food and it'll be here in 20 minutes. Yeah. Instead of going into the kitchen and making food that takes me 40 minutes. We yeah. want that instant gratification. And when we don't get it, we're like, okay, that didn't work. So the three things, I have three reminders on my phone, one at 9 a.m., one at noon, and one at 3. The 9 a.m. one is just grace. So yeah. I start with it. Okay, thank you, God, for your grace. And just kind of like, oh, yeah, the, yeah the blah, blah, blah. And then the next one is gratitude. So then I, I'm just thankful. Like, right. Thank you for my family. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you, whatever. But then the 3 p.m. one is delay gratification. Mm. Like, as men, we need that reminder. Yeah, 100%. Like, we are. We live like kings where there's a lot, if we want it, it can be at the, like you just said, Easily. the click of a, you yeah. know, of, a, of a phone, you know, or whatever. And so, man, like, learning, okay, I could have that right now, but I'm going to delay that. Right. And that's what really forms us. And that's what I like about the simplicity practice. It's called an abstinence practice which really you're doing it right if you're doing less. Right. So some habits, it's like, you're okay, I have to like get my Bible out and read. Yeah. But simplicity is like, okay, I'm not buying. I'm right. not watching. I'm, so you're saying, no, what you're doing is delaying gratification. Yeah. No, that's but good. what's hard is that we all live by the pleasure principle in secular society. Yeah. The meaning of life is all found here, not in the next one. We can't delay even to next week, let alone the next life. Right. A huge Christian ideal is, hey, I wasn't made for this world. I was made for the next one. Yeah. You know, so like I even found some of my depression or misery comes from that false thought that I have to be rewarded here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for my crown and the next one, you know, yeah, like I'm, exactly. um, but that pleasure principle just destroys us from the inside out because we think, well, if I want it and I can access it, I have to grab it. Right. And that's like, no, that's actually the worst thing for you. That's why right. fasting is also another great right. thing to do. And, well, and that's what, and it goes back to that routine in your mind and and what it trains your mind to do, right? Because then you do it over and over again, you know, and that's, that's where a lot of sin, consistent sin stimulates from. That wasn't the right word. 
I don't know what word I needed to use there. That stems from? Stems from. I don't yeah. know why I said stemulate. I said stemulates. That's yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, that was stupid. Uh, but like that's where a lot of sin stems from because yeah. you 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 go and get it and then you got it and you're like, cool, I'm done. And then your routine now kicks in and says you need to go get it again. Desire gives birth to sin. Sin fully grows up and leads to death. James yeah. 1. James 1 just is a gift that keeps on giving. Do you think Yoda knew James one? What? Why? Anger leads to hate. Hate like that whole Jedi thing. Oh, I don't even know it. I'm oh. such a bad Star Wars. Kay- fan. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. Caleb's gonna kill me. Okay. Uh, it's like Yoda says like anger leads to hate. Hate leads to. I gotta look it up. I'm gonna say it wrong. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Does he say it in the like the originals? Yeah. What do you call it? No, not the prequels. They're just called originals. The originals, yeah. Um, That's how much of a Star Wars fan I'm not. I know. I can't believe I'm butchering this right now. I'm terrible Star Wars. You're the Star Wars guy. No, Caleb's the Star Wars guy. Caleb's uh, the everything movie guy. Uh, he is. Uh, okay, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Okay, yeah. That's pretty profound. Yeah, that's what Yoda said. Yeah, he even said it in order. He didn't like mess it up and say... No, that's how he said it. Say this weird I did. Yeah. Interesting. He didn't say it. Yeah, that's how he says it in the movie. Yeah, it's interesting because that's actually profound about fear being the basis. Yeah. uh, Because perfect love casts out fear. Right. And, you know. The opposite of love is a hate. The opposite of love is fear. Oh, really? Because perfect love casts out fear. John contradicts. He says, no, you don't don't live a life of fear. Live it of love. Life of love. You think about it. Why do we hate? Why do we tear down? We we are fearful. There's not enough for me. We're fearful what they're gonna. You know. So yeah. They, they, fear yeah, is a fear. huge base. That that is a huge. Base. Why did Adam and Eve, you know, sin? They feared, like, oh, I I won't have enough. I need right. to have this to take care of myself. I didn't know that. That's fear a, is pretty big. That's good. Yeah, fear yeah. is pretty big. It's it's funny the how, how Star Wars kind of tied into that and tied into. <laughs> To those things, right? Like, yeah, there's those little nuggets in there. It's not all bad. Yeah, no, I really, um, I don't know Star Wars enough, time. but I, they say it's like a, it's the perfect, and and we'll close with this nerd nerdum. Star Wars, the story is like the perfect, uh, the hero's journey. Yeah, and then like Luke, you know, goes through this thing, and then he overcomes his obstacles, and this, yeah. is, you know, and that's what made so many people upset in Episode Eight when Luke all of a sudden was no longer the hero. Right. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it really represents our time. Like we don't like look up to heroes like we used to. That's true. We don't. Um, it's like this whole YouTube video. Again, this is me when I wasn't practicing digital simplicity, but it's uh, this whole idea where uh, you have like, remember Top Gun, like the Top Gun 2, wasn't it just great? Like, I love people that were movie. like, they don't make them like they used to. Like this felt like a classic movie. Oh, this movie's great. It was a too. classic movie because America was actually like a good institution to trust. Uh, he was just a good person doing a good thing. Yeah. All the movies today are like, oh, everything's corrupt. Right. You know, like they, we actually like the anti-hero more than the hero. Like right. we like Joker, who's just a terrible person. But you're like, you find yourself rooting for him. Like right. why? Like right. if you think, no, this is terrible. Yeah. You know. Um. 
but it's interesting in our era we're so skeptical and doubtful of good yeah that we just we just elevate the anti-hero yeah which is why true. like a top gun thing was like so refreshing like oh we can still have heroes today and like why do we have to ruin we have to ruin everything oh luke skywalker and this and right. that and it just shows our need like we just don't have hope we're like there's no change there's yeah we're just gonna celebrate how terrible everything is we're gonna right. try to find hope in that which is called nihilism yeah that's good stuff yeah talk about nerdy your phone keeps vibrating and i'm it's, like i know it's your work phone no it's not even my work phone i put no. that on complete silent i hope i didn't no, i, didn't miss I just keep checking my phone even though i know i have my sabbath settings on it so literally it, it won't beat me and yet i keep checking cause yeah I, it's it's because mine keeps going off it's my stupid ring notification because yeah, like nice. my street's a busy street all the time that's why a lot of times i just ignore my notifications nice but but yeah well this is i mean i can still keep going if you want i'm <laughs> I got time. Well, is you, there anything else you want to bring up? I don't know. I don't know. We can all do this. We we can you can come on again. Yeah, I would love that. Okay, I just gotta find the time. We also, uh, me and Caleb, were talking about creating a create men podcast. Oh, we should. So just focusing on masculinity and we should. what is a man and all those things. So well, and I mean, a lot of this ties into what men struggle with nowadays, right? Just like we talked about with uh, with getting that. Uh, instant gratification of things you yeah. know that's that's a huge thing that men oh, struggle yeah. with you know and discipline like yeah. these practices like you know another way to say it is discipline and discipline man, yeah. do we need it um cool well thank you so much jubal yeah thanks we for appreciate you uh i feel like this was a really fun good conversation i think so too and uh we hope to have you back yeah definitely it was a good time yeah grace and peace y'all make sure you guys comment what was your favorite part yeah what's your favorite part who has the better beard that's the question oh you're winning so I don't even, dude, yeah, but they're both ginger. <laughs>